Welcome to the Faith Community Church Podcast, a ministry of Faith Community Church in South Boston, Virginia. We're glad you can join us as Pastor Dane Skelton shares a weekly message to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. Here's Pastor Dane. And today, and maybe uh, for a couple of weeks following, we're going to be talking about communication in marriage. There's a lot to say as I was as, as I go through um, as I go through sermons on Sunday morning. I write them in the week during the week, and then I go through them again on Sunday morning before you get here. And sometimes, as I'm going through the sermon, it's just I, I get to a point where it's like the Spirit says, "The sermon endeth here," and so uh, that kind of happened this morning. Uh, midway through so which you'll probably be happy about but you should turn to proverbs please in proverbs chapter 18 if you have a pen i hope you have a pen i'm going to encourage you or pencil i'm going to encourage you to circle a number of these verses in proverbs today so that you can go back to them and look at them let me begin with a story there was a concerned husband who went to see his family doc and he said doc he said i think my i think my wife may be going deaf and he said, well, why is that? He said, well, whenever I talk to her, I, it, it, it's very difficult to communicate. And he said, well, here's what you do. You go home and stand about 15 feet away from her with her back turned and just say something to her and see if she responds. And um, if she doesn't respond, take, take five steps and speak to her again. And then if she doesn't respond, take another five steps and speak to her again. And the guy said, okay, I think I can do that. So he went home and his wife was preparing dinner. She was chopping vegetables and had her back turned to him. And he said, honey, what's for dinner? And, he, he, and she didn't say anything, so he took five steps and um, he said, honey, what's for dinner? And she didn't say anything, so he took five more steps and did it again with no response. So finally he got right up behind her and spoke in her ear and said, honey, what's for dinner? And she said, for the fourth time, stewed vegetables. Communication can be very difficult. It isn't as easy as we think. Peter Drucker, who's often called the father of American management, claims that 60% of all management problems are a result of faulty communications. A leading marriage counselor said that at least half of all divorces result from faulty communication between spouses. Criminologists tell us Upwards of 90% of all criminals have difficulty communicating with other people. So good communication is one of the keys to a magnificent marriage, but it is a difficult skill to master. It's not just talking. It has great rewards. Look at Proverbs 18, verse 20, which will kind of be our key verse. From the fruit of a man's mouth... From, a, from the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest of his lips, he is satisfied. In other words, good communicators, wise communicators, live happy, fulfilled lives and tend to have happier marriages. I've taken a subscription to U.S. News and World Report for a long time, and it has a regular feature called News You Can Use. And it's full of all kinds of helpful information from 
buying a car to, to health care. The Bible has had a news you can use feature for over 2,000 years. It's called the book of Proverbs. And it is just as up to date as when it was written. There are over 40 Proverbs, just individual verses scattered throughout the book of Proverbs on communication alone. Four, over 40 verses that talk to us about communication. And it, it, it's teaching us that good communicators have three things in common. I think, I know we're going to get to the first, the first one. We may not make it to the last two. But good communicators are listeners. They are listeners. Please write this down. They are listeners. They are discerners. They are discerners. And they are builders. They are builders. People who learn to practice these communication habits tend to have happier marriages. So let's deal with this first one. Good communicators are good listeners. Look in Proverbs 18, verse 13. Proverbs 18, verse 13. He who hears before listening, he who answers rather before listening, that is his folly and his shame. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. In other words, good communicators don't jump to conclusions. They listen all the way through. If I told you the story about uh, Big Ed, Big Ed was at a revival service and the pastor was preaching and after, the, after he finished preaching he, he called on people to come up who wanted prayer. And so Big Ed came up for prayer and he said, he said Pastor, I need prayer for my hearing. And so the pastor said, okay, and he put his hand on his head and he put one finger in his ear and he was praying like crazy, just asking God for Ed's hearing. And finally he stopped praying and he took his hands off Ed and he said, Ed, how's your hearing? He said, well, I don't know, pastor, it's next week in the DuPage County Courthouse. <laughs> you don't jump to conclusions. You listen. And you listen very carefully. James Glass said, I would rather be disagreed with by someone who understands me than be agreed with by someone who does not understand me. Listeners are learners. They understand the value of Stephen Covey's, Covey's habit number five of effective living. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. They value true understanding of the other person above their own opinions. One of the most powerful things that you can do for your mate is to listen carefully and without making a judgment call on the contents. Repeat back what you hear. Listen carefully and without making a judgment call on what you've just heard, just repeat back the contents. It helps those of us who don't know what we're thinking until we've said it out loud and had somebody repeat it back to us. Some of us don't think well in our heads. We have to actually get it out in space or write it down. Look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15. I'm going to back up and talk about that for a minute. One of the things that, um, one of the things that they teach us in, in the Alpha course, the Alpha course is a 10-week course. We're going to do it again this fall. It's a 10-week course. You can kind of call it Christianity 101. And the big deal about the Alpha course is there's this big question mark. 
and they say any question is okay. Any question, you can ask any question you want to. You will not be pressured. You will not be overrun with answers. In fact, what they teach us as facilitators in the Alpha Course is let people ask questions and then let them answer the questions. And you just do your very dead level best to just keep your mouth shut. Do you know how hard that is for a preacher to do? I mean, it's the hardest thing. And probably I won't facilitate a group this year because I'm so bad at it. But it helps people to process what they've heard and by talking about it and expressing it. Because there are a whole lot of people out there, obviously, who are like me, who don't know what they think until they've said it. So Proverbs 18, 15 18.13 is, is just be sure that you've listened. Don't answer before, that you, before you've listened. Look in verse 15. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. He's, that's a picture of, of, um, of having big ears. Like, like a... Like a you know, you remember those old satellite dishes that used to sit out in front of houses, how big they were, just scooping up everything from outer space? You need to listen like that. Think of yourself as a big satellite dish. You're just scooping up signals and listen, listening very, very carefully to what you hear. Derek Kidner said, Those who know most know best how little they know. They are constantly learning. The wise are constantly learning. They don't assume that they already know the answer. Look back a few pages to Proverbs 13, verse 10. Proverbs 13, verse 10. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. I don't know if you do this, but I want to encourage you, especially those of you who are, who are younger, you need to make Proverbs kind of your, your favorite book. I would just encourage you, make Proverbs your book. But don't just read it. Go through it with a pen or a pencil. And, and I don't know, maybe people are uncomfortable about it. I write in my Bibles all the time because else I would forget. But go through it with a pen or pencil, and when you read a verse like that, try to rewrite it in your own words. Try to re-express that same thought in your own words. And here's what I put down for that one. Humility never hurt anybody. Pride only breeds quarrels, but wisdom is found in those who take advice. Humility never, that humility never hurt anybody. That's mine. That's not the, the Bible's. The proud can't learn anything. They only have contempt for the opinions of others. So instead of mutual learning, you have this clash of competing and unyielding personalities. Here's the deal in your marriage. If you find that you are quarreling a lot in your marriage, it's probably not over facts. It's probably not over money. It's probably not over anything terribly important. If you find that you're quarreling a lot in your marriage, it's probably because there's two huge egos and you both need to take a step back from the ego ladder. It's probably because of pride. 
Well, there are three very positive things that are happening inside of a good listener. If you're going to be a good listener, these, th these three things need to be happening inside of you. Number one, a good listener is showing respect. Showing respect. Listening spouses are showing great respect for the other person. He is demonstrating that he has a high view of his wife, even if he disagrees with her, when a husband listens to her. Listening carefully and compassionately to people is one of the highest compliments that you can pay to them, and it shows that you value what they are thinking. If you want to read a really, really good book or a series of good books uh, that were written probably back in the 80s or 90s, look up an author named Alan Loy McGinnis. He was a pastor and a, uh, and a counselor out in California. McGinnis is spelled uh, with I's, M-C-G-I-N-N-I-S. And this is from his book, The Friendship Factor. To listen attentively to another is to pay the highest compliment. You're showing that you value what the person is thinking. And he gives this example. A young woman was taken to dinner one night by William E. Gladstone, the distinguished British statesman, and then the following night by Benjamin Disraeli, his equally distinguished opponent, and asked later what her impression of these two celebrated men, what impression they had on her. She sat and she thought about it for a minute and she said, well, when I left the dining room after sitting next to Mr. Gladstone, I thought he was the cleverest person in England. And when I left the dining table after sitting with Mr. Disraeli, I thought I was the cleverest person in England. You see the difference? When we make the other person the most important person in the room, when we show them incredible respect and honor, even if we don't think they deserve it, It hugely, it, it's like turbocharging your communication skills. It helps people understand that you really care about them. There's a second thing that good listeners are doing. They are showing empathy and humility. We're showing that we aren't absorbed with ourselves. If a wife does this, if she's showing empathy and humility, it means that she has room in her life for her husband's burdens. He has room in his life for her frustrations. McGinnis uh, tells another story. He said, when a woman announced that she was uh, going to counseling and actually paying for it, some of her church-going friends, her Christian friends, said, You've got, you're a Christian, you're in the church, you've got friends in the church, why don't you just talk to them? Why pay for this? And she said, well, it would probably be good, but every time I, I try to talk to my, my friends in church, they end up talking about their problems. They don't listen to mine. She said, at least when I'm paying for it, I get 50 whole minutes of somebody's undivided attention, and you wouldn't believe how much good that does me. It does me a world of good. You can have a tremendous ministry in your husband's life or in your, uh, your wife's life or in anybody's life just by being willing to sit there and listen carefully, looking at them in the face and asking questions so that they can continue to talk. The third thing that a good listener is doing is he, is he or she is demonstrating understanding. We are preparing to give the best possible answer. Look at 18.13 again. Proverbs 
He who answers before listening. That's his folly and his shame. If you're blurting out an answer before somebody's even finished talking, you're an idiot. That's what it's saying. It's folly. Someone said it is impossible to speak to the point if the point has not been taken. It's like, uh, it's like this lady that went to a marriage counselor and, and she told him flat out, I want to divorce my husband. And, and the counselor said, well, do you have any grounds? She said, well, yes, we have almost an acre. And the counselor looked at her and said, you don't understand. What I want to know is, do you and your husband have a grudge? She said, actually, we don't, but we have a nice carport. At this, the counselor shook his head and said, Ma'am, I'm sorry, I just don't see any reason why you should divorce your husband. And the lady looked at him and said, It's just that the man can't carry on an intelligent conversation. <laughs> now listen, I, I, that really happens in marriages. People are not listening to one another, and so they're getting in arguments with each other, and then, they get, and then it, the conflict really becomes serious. And you know what the guys do when they, when they figure out that their wives are not listening? They turn their hearing aids off. And they just tune them out. <laughs> I'm not talking about anybody in this room. In fact, I had a, a whole other guy in my mind. I'm serious about this. Wives, when your husband is talking, slow down and pay attention and listen to him. Women, uh, men, when your husband is talking, it might be a good idea to stop whatever you're doing and listen to him. How do you do that? How do you do it well? One of the, one of the keys to listening well is to listen with your eyes. I mean... Do you know how hard it is to get someone to look you in the eyes today? Because everybody's doing this. They're talking with their thumbs. It's as if the person on the other end of the cell phone is more important than the person right in front of them. Put the cell phone down. Turn it off. Turn the television off. We have a rule in our house that there's no reading at the table. I'm probably the worst offender. But why? Because when you're sitting at the table, whether it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, that's one of the most important communication times in, a, in all the family's life is when you're sitting around a table together. And those people need to have your undivided attention. Life happens around the dinner table. And there can't be any distractions. Please, God, tell me that you do not eat dinner with the television on. That's the most destructive thing that you can do to communication in your family. Turn the blooming thing off and look at one another and listen with your eyes. You might learn something. You know, when we're in here on a Sunday morning and Norman goes to sleep, that's normal. But when the rest of you, when I'm losing your eye contact, I know that I'm in trouble and it's time to stop or do something different. Because eye contact says everything about how important you are to me. 
One study of courting gestures revealed that prolonged eye contact was one of the most important signs of true interest. Did you hear that, guys? If you're wondering if the girl is interested in you, is she looking at you in the eyes? Another way to do this, another uh, effective tool in, in listening, is completing the loop. Complete the loop. One of the greatest problems that we have in communication is an uncompleted communication loop. Do you know what I mean by that? I've talked about it before. In um, There's Wendy's drive-thru communication, Wendy's hamburgers. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say Wendy's drive-thru communication? Okay, you go to the Wendy's... To the, to the window, I mean to the, to the menu board and the speaker, and they say, can I help you? And you say, yes, I'd like a single no onions with fries and a Coke. What happens next? <laughs> I wasn't talking about our Wendy's. Would you like to supersize that? No, what do they do? They repeat it back. Why? They're closing the loop. Do you know, I think, where, where Wendy's learned that? They learned it from, uh, from aviation. That's a practice that's been in aviation since the beginning, of, since, since airplanes had radios in them. You identify yourself, you say, 80, uh, Tower 86 Juliet uh, wishes to climb to 6,000 feet. And Tower says, 86 Juliet uh, is requesting 6,000 feet. Yes. Okay, you're cleared for 6,000 feet. 86 Juliet is going to 6,000 feet. It's just completing the loop so that people are not left out in, in the cold wondering, wow, what's happening? Maybe I've told you this one before. These quotes from imaginary journal entries, my memory's really going, so I hope I haven't done this one lately. These are imaginary journal entries from, from a woman and a man on, on a day they spent together. Tonight, my husband was acting weird. We made plans to meet at a restaurant for dinner. Conversation was not flowing, so I suggested we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed, but he didn't say much. I asked him what was wrong. He said nothing. Now, ladies, I know that you can identify with this, this guy, this, this woman. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said he wasn't upset. It had nothing to do with me, not to worry about it. On the way home, I told him I loved him. He smiled slightly and kept driving. When we got home, he just sat there quietly and watched TV. He continued to seem distant and absent, and finally, with silence all around us, I just decided to go to bed, and about 15 minutes later, he came to bed. But I still felt that he was distracted, and his thoughts were somewhere else, and he fell asleep, and I don't know what to do. That's her journal entry for the day. His journal entry. Rough day. Boat wouldn't start. Can't figure out why. <laughs> you know what that's like. All it takes is, honey, my mind is all wrapped up in, well, maybe you ought not tell her you're thinking about the boat. Silence can be interpreted as negative feedback. Close the loop. It says something, it, 
when you close the loop, you at least tell somebody, yes, I'm listening to you. Yes, I'm with you. So good spouses are good communicators. Good communicators are good listeners. Good listeners show respect. They show empathy and humility. They show understanding. Good communicators are discerning. Good communicators are discerning. Proverbs chapter 10. Please look there. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 13 through 14. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. Wisdom. Now here's what I do. When I go through and I find verses like this, I've circled them and then I put a C. And up in the margin someplace I say C equals communication. Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks judgment. Wise men store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. Good communicators are discerning. They have the power to see what is not evident to the average mind. They have accuracy in reading character or motives. They are critically perceptive. Discernment is one of the gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. You can actually ask God and say, God, please, I need discernment in my husband's life or in my wife's life. Please help me understand what their needs are, what's really going on inside so that I can address it, so that I can help meet the need. Discerning spouses do three things. First, they hear more than words. They hear more than words. Discernment is listening with understanding. It's an attribute of the careful observer. It's the ability to distinguish truth from falsehood. It is more than just listening with your ears. It's the ability to comprehend where the speaker is coming from and what the real need is in a given situation, even if the speaker can't tell you him or herself. Sometimes we don't know why we're upset. We don't know why we're rattled. We don't know why we're fractious. And if you're, if you're paying attention as a spouse, if you're really listening with discernment, you'll start to pick that up. I remember Laurietta Faulkner, who led the Mentor Role Model Program. She's on our board with uh, Young Life now. She's a wonderful woman. Uh, and she, she spent a lot of time with kids in schools, and she talked about a wise school principal who was dealing with this boy who is exhibiting a lot of antisocial behavior. And it, might have, it would have been tempting for the, the principal just to hammer this boy, but the principal understood that this boy lived in a 14-foot wide trailer with 10 siblings, and he, was just, he just needed some space. That's listening and watching with discernment. Darrell Waltrip is the guy who is a... a a former NASCAR racer, and he's on the Fox News. He's on Fox as a, one of their sportscasters for the NASCAR races. And he said this: Racing drivers must use all of their senses. You're in tune with the car. It speaks to you with a quiet voice, a small voice. When something is happening, you smell it. You hear it in a change in the tone in the engine. You can feel it vibrating through the steering wheel or through the gear shifter. If my car was starting to go, my senses would come alive, and as I hit the pits. The, the crew chief would say, what's wrong? And, I'm say, and I would say, it's getting ready to blow up. And the crew chief would say, are you sure about that? And here's what Waltrip said. He said, I've driven for people who, do, who wouldn't believe me. 
I'd have to let the car blow up before they would believe me. And that usually meant a wreck. Sometimes it meant getting hurt. It always cost a lot of money. Several times I've had, to pull, I've had the crew pull an engine out of the car when it was running fine, and I'd say, something's wrong, I don't know what it is, but something is wrong. And they'd pull the engine out, and they'd say, well, we were scuffing a piston, or we were losing a lobe on a camshaft, or a, a, a connecting rod bearing was about to go, and it was going to blow itself to bits. Now, guys, that's a race car driver talking about his car. Are you paying that much attention to your wife? Are you reading the little signs and symbols? Are you listening? Can you see it and understand it all? And know when it's time to, you know, take her into the pits for an engine change. <laughs> Which being translated means take her to Molasses Grill or to the beach or something like that. Y'all are too literal by hat, by, you know? <laughs> Wives, are you listening to your husbands? Are you reading the signs? Okay? Do you know when it's time to just make dinner? Or get him fed? Or let him go outside and be by himself? Or something like that. So discerning spouses are um, hearing more than words. They're also speaking the right word at the right moment. Proverbs 10, we're still there, verse 32. Verse 32, very last one. The lips of the righteous know what is fitting, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. In other words, make a speech when you're angry and you'll make the best speech you ever regretted. You ever done that? The lips of the righteous know what is fitting, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. So what you need is a discernment checklist. And here's one for you. Good communicators use few words and choose them carefully. Poor communicators say anything that comes to mind. Good communicators are discerning spouses who want to speak the right word at the right moment. No information has to be sifted to get the wheat from the chaff. Poor communicators mistake information for knowledge. It's just a, a continuous flow of information. Good communicators think hard about what they want to say and how to say it. Poor communicators hardly think at all. I like this way this guy figured out how to handle um, critical crank emails. He would take the email and wait a day or so, and then he would say, he would write back, I got this email a few days ago, and I'm sending it to you in the belief that as a responsible citizen, you should know that some idiot has hacked your email account and is sending out letters over your signature. That's, that's the right thing to say to somebody sending crank emails and not signing them. Discernment dispenses advice sparingly. It dispenses advice sparingly. Okay, guys, confession time. How many times have you come in and your wife has been upset and talking about something, and before you heard her all the way out, you just stopped her in the middle and said, do this, 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 and this, and it'll fix your problem? 
that's not what they need. They just need somebody to listen to them and let them blow it off. Discernment it's dispenses advice sparingly. Proverbs 17. Look at 17. You didn't know that there was this much about communication in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 17, verses 27 and 28. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Discernment doesn't answer questions that people aren't asking. Discernment doesn't answer questions that people aren't asking. We went and saw the movie uh, Lincoln, or we rented it re recently. And I was impressed by something that um, Lincoln a similarity that Lincoln had with Jesus. Lincoln was often in, in very, very difficult circumstances and often had people asking him very, very difficult questions. And like Jesus, when he got a difficult question, he would do one of two things. He would either answer, um, ask a question in return and just let the, the person work through their own answer to the, to the issue, or he would tell a story that would take it back to whatever the major issue was. That's where we got the story of the Good Samaritan. Was Jesus simply answering a question by telling a story? Discerning people dispense advice sparingly. It's probably one of the hardest things to do is not to just answer a question flat out. But back up and ask another question or tell a story that gets back to the real issue of the day. Because even when people ask for your advice, they may not want it. And by listening with discernment, you help them get the problem outside of themselves and on the table where they can figure it out. So clearly communicating husbands and wives hear more than words. They listen for need. They speak the right word at the right moment. And they ask more questions than they answer. Let me just conclude with this story. Um, Carl Rogers was one of the foremost psychologists in America, and he said that occasionally when his patient would talk on and on and on about deep and hidden feelings, he would suddenly notice a moistness gathering around the person's eyes as if to say, thank God I'm finally being heard. Have you ever felt that way? Christ was a master conversationalist. He was a great teacher. He was a great healer. But listen to how many people. He would, he would ask questions of lepers. He asked questions of Roman officers. He asked questions of blind men and rabbis and prostitutes and fishermen and politicians and mothers and religious zealots and invalids and lawyers. And he would listen and listen quietly. A lot of people, a lot of geniuses, a lot of really brilliant people only have wires, only have megaphones going out. They don't have microphones to receive things coming back in. Jesus had both. 
And he wanted to hear the people who were in front of him and to know them as fully as possible. And so if we want magnificent marriages, we have to practice these skills of communication, being a good listener. Let's bow and pray together. Thank you, Father, for, um, for the practical truth that's in the book of Proverbs. Thank you, Father, that um, you've not left us to go through this life with um, just flying by the seat of our pants that we actually have a book that's a guide for us to help us to know how to put our lives together and what practices to incorporate. And I pray for each of us as married people or as future married people that you would help us to put these principles to work. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at fccsobo.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.